The following podcast contains spoilers for Hereditary and A Simple Plan. It's like, you have been warned. Michael? Yes, Glenn? It's good to see you. It is good to see you as well. I bring you gifts. Gifts? What is it? A flower? Roses? It's a couple of flowers. Two yellow roses. More than one plural gift. Uh, This is also a gift of my apologies for being so far away from you my whole life, my love. It's all your fault. I know I just said that. Yeah. (laughs) I guess I'll accept it. Watch the thorns. They hurt like my heart. Oh, man, it's leaking on me. That's gross. So, if you haven't uh, figured it out by now, everyone, I am back in Pennsylvania. Not for long, though. For the weekend. For the weekend. Figured, uh... For the weekend! Might as well see my one true admirer. Er. Uh. Miguel Migusto. Oh, Glenjamin Button. (laughs) It's been so long! It's been too long, actually. Too long. Hello, everyone. Hello! Welcome back to KFR Video Welcome Form. back to KFR Video and Podcast, because this audio will also be used for mm-hmm. the podcast. And we're, this is going to be a little update video. Um, obviously, we've been gone for hella long time. Hella. I don't know how long. long Since, time. I think, I left in the first place. So, uh, we're here to announce, kind of late, that we have been doing... Podcast in the audio form. About three months late. No, two months. Yeah. Two and a half months. Roughly. Me in the middle. Two uh, and a half months late. We have been doing podcasts uh, where we watch two videos a week mm-hmm. and then discuss them and decide if it deserves to go on the KFR shelf, which is a shelf that doesn't exist that is just like a kind of like a trophy case. Mm-hmm. Like, does this movie deserve to go in our trophy case? And, and, and it's a beautiful thing. It's great content. At least in our opinion, because we make it. Yes. So, we believe that you should watch it. I've been it. told by a few people that they like it. Uh, I I watch it, or watch it with my ears. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to and it. And I think it's great. It is pretty great. It's grand. Um, Fantastic. But yeah, so we're just updating you saying, hey, we're on Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, the whole grandiose. I don't even know what that word Grandioso. means. Grandioso. But... We're on all those platforms, and we'd like you to join us. Yeah, su- subscribe if you want, or just listen. Or just listen. That's uh, subscriptions are. help. They, Ratings help. They help motivate us, even though we motivate ourselves with our beauty and elegance. Of, I just like talking about movies. Of our voice. Uh, if that wasn't clear, I just really like talking about movies. Yeah, and it's, it's been a majorly fun experience because we get to uh, form better ideas, and we get to sit in front of computers, get more information than just... Watching not the movie. be distracted by our devilishly good looks. Well, you got that for sure. Yeah. Um, so we get all the information on our computers, and we get a better review out of it totally. And I, I really enjoy them, and I think we have better content on those podcasts. Yeah. And because we're not doing... We used to do the reviews right after we saw the movie, mm-hmm. and I feel like because we kind of have time in between the viewing and the mov- the movie, we have... Or the viewing and the recording is what I meant. We have a... We have more time to flesh out our thoughts mm-hmm. and be able to discuss. We get to think about further. it, process it, and then deliver it on the platter that is KFR. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> what? 
Um, don't you miss my vocabulary in these things? Because I, I do. It's very good. <laughs> very uh, good. Very it good. It was interesting and other words. Anyway, Glenn. Hey. Good to see you. It's good to see you too. Have you seen any movies since last week? I gotta get my, uh... Well, let me look in my notebook. No. <laughs> I haven't seen anything. Actually. I saw Bandersnatch. <laughs> yes. The Netflix interactive movie. We'll discuss that at a different time. Yeah. Uh, Bumblebee, mm -hmm. surprisingly not terrible. I still didn't see that. We talked about that, that and Aquaman, and yeah. I didn't see it. And then, terrible that's it. Being. Okay. That's it. Yeah, that's look, it. Look at you. I only watched two movies. Look at you. Granted, it's only been about five or six days, but go. still, that's all I have to say. So let's get into it, shall we? Let's get into Hereditary. Hereditary it is. Come on, Peter. Yes, you're suing. It's heartening to see so many strange new faces here today. I know my mom would be very touched and probably a little suspicious. My mother was a very secretive and private woman. It's Grandma. You know you were her favorite, right? Even when you were a little baby, she wouldn't let me feed you because she needed to feed you. She was a very difficult woman, which maybe explains me. I recognize you from your mother. What? Sometimes I swear I can feel her in the room. Oh my God! She isn't gone. After the family matriarch passes away, a grieving family is haunted by tragic and disturbing occurrences and begin to unravel dark secrets. This movie is starring Tony Collette, Millie Shapiro, Gabriel Byrne, and Alex Wolfe, and is written and directed for his first feature by Ari Aster. Mm -hmm. And what a movie is this <laughs> moving pictures and stuff. Uh-huh. So is this movie? This this is a movie. Uh, this is actually one of my favorite movies from 2018. Uh, I almost said this year, and then I realized, holy shit! Holy shit! We're in another we're in year. 2019. Um, but yeah, this was one of my favorite movies last year, and I, you know, I only watched it once in theaters, and it mm -hmm. just stuck with me. Yeah. And then watching it for a second time, I th I thought it was better the second time because like I knew what to expect. I knew what I was looking for. Tony Collette's phenomenal in this. I am absolutely on board with you with the uh, second time seeing it as well. Yeah, it was the first movie I watched in Virginia without your sexy ass right next to me. It saddened my heart, <laughs> and it saddens my other bodily functions too. <laughs> um, yes, I I am fully on board with. It, it was much better the second yeah. time, more because you got a better understanding of everything that was going on. Certainly, and you could appreciate every little detail just that much more. Yeah. Tony Collette, as you were saying, ho. Huh! She's phenomenal. Phenomenal. It's actually uh, really funny. She had been. Uh, she's known for like more darker roles. Mm -hmm. uh, she's she's really diverse. She does. She's really funny in certain movies yeah, as well. She likes to do comedies um, and she likes. To yeah, especially in Australia, she, she was likes a pretty big uh, to dabble. She was a pretty big comedic actress, uh, and then she like just got into like a a swing of dark films that mm -hmm. uh, you know was just kind of breaking her spirit as they would. Yeah. So she told. 
her agent, I only want to do fun movies, happy movies, no more dark or depressing things. I'm done with I it. I need it for mental health. Then that, that wily bastard of an agent, or bitch, or britch, uh, <laughs> sent her the script for Hereditary, and in her words... And she was like this. She said, let's do it. Fuck you, agent, because she had to do it. She had to do it because the, the, the script she, was just that good. The script was that good that she felt obligated to go against her own very wishes and mm -hmm. which was portraying. Uh, she, she's. I'm glad she did because she's perfect in this yeah. movie. Just the things she can do physically in that movie alone, just with the facial expressions and just the way she does things with the body. Yeah, it's just she's such a good actress. It's insane. She, she really is. Um, Everyone in this movie is great. Oh, yeah. Excuse me. Uh, we should not eat before we do these ever again. Because I got lots of stuff. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you got Alex Wolf, who before this, I knew him from Naked Brothers Band, a Nickelodeon kids show. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And uh, he's in this. And he's really good in it as well. Like, oh, yeah. he, he's... Uh, He's just really good. I'm turning into you. Glenn, is that you? It's, it's, it's Glenn. That, it's that seat. <laughs> it's the, you it's could the have said he was seat. stupendous. He was exemplary. <laughs> you could have said anything. I'll He's whip out a dictionary. extraordinary. <laughs> and, um, you know, he, he uh, really, like, dove into the role. Yes. Head first into the desk. Uh, Gabriel Byrne from Usual Suspect. Mm -hmm. He's really good. The, the, the family dynamic throughout between the, the kids and the parents... Uh, it's, it really, it feels really realistic. Like you can kind of see that there's some tension there, but not enough where it feels like they're dysfunctional. Yeah. And uh, when things start to spiral out of control, it's like in a very natural way. Um, they're just a family with problems. A lot of problems, but they got problems. Yes. You know. Yes. And just you, you really feel like they, they all care about each other. Hell, even the even the older brother who uh, you know the one of the cliches in movies is that the older siblings don't care about the younger siblings. Mm -hmm. uh, in this, his mom kind of forces him to take his younger sister to a party. Um, he doesn't want to hang out with her, but you can tell. Obviously, yeah, he you can tell he he cares about her. Uh, she starts having a allerg allergic reaction to nuts. She has a cake that has nuts in it, and he doesn't complain. He drops everything he does. Starts driving her to the nearest hospital. Uh, granted, things went terribly. Things wrong. went terribly wrong. Her, <laughs> yeah. uh, her her face met with a telephone pole at um, mock speeds. At, at mock speeds, and she ended up becoming decapitated. But it was not because he did not care about her. Yeah, and it could have been really easy just to be like, oh, I have to drive my sister to the hospital. Instead, but, I'm going to show her this telephone pole at mock yeah. speed. And like while they while you could tell he didn't want to hang out with her, you there was the love the love there. You yeah. you never felt like they didn't care about each other. Even the the daughter didn't really want to go to the party. She just yeah. Mom was, was like kind of forced. You gotta to. go. Yeah, because she's a little socially awkward, so she mm -hmm. wanted her to be more uh, out there. More out there, exactly. Spont spontaneous. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the relationship with the family was just extraordinary, especially after. Uh, that happened mm -hmm. <laughs> because it shifted a whole 120. I just said a random number, but uh, the 180. 
I just said the first thing that came to my 120. head. 120. I was it, like 60, 60. Little, It's behind you, but a little to the left. <laughs> yeah, when it flipped a whole 120 plus another 60. Um, <laughs> uh, when the family just went from dysfunctional to a freaking uh, dysfunctionally disturbing. Dysfunctionally disturbing, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm back, guys. Here, here it is. Here's what's going oh, on. Oh, man. <laughs> But it really does. The the pretty much the entire thing is run. Uh, it, it it starts with the day of the grandmother's funeral, mm-hmm. and they do a real good job to establish that the the Tony Collette, whose mother is the one that died, she loved her, but she isn't really you know affected emotionally by the death of her mother. Yeah. Um, and she, she does that in, in two really good speeches, the eulogy at the funeral, and then she goes to the support group where she kind of explains their dysfunction. And it, it's just explained really well in such a short amount of time. Um, and, and so you always feel like something's wrong and, and that not everything's as it seems. And there's actually some really good foreshadowing mm-hmm. in, I don't know if you noticed this, in the uh, monologue at the support group. Uh, she says that she had a, a brother that committed suicide and uh in the suicide note he blamed it on their mother mm-hmm. and in the note said that she's forcing people to go inside him and uh, it, could, it could be taken sexually but knowing the where the movie ends up the entire movie is about this cult trying to find a uh a, a, a physical host, host for a, a demon it makes 100 percent sense she's mm-hmm. been trying to do this ever since she mm-hmm. had her own son yeah and that I I didn't notice that the first time because you don't really know what's going on in the movie. Yeah, and, and that's what I mean by like the second the, time. The first sit down well. in the theaters, you're sitting there like, what yeah. am I watching? The, the first sit down is more like a ride, kind of like, uh, less crazy, but like Mother. Yeah. Where like it's like significantly less crazy. Yes, yes. Where you you're kind of taking it all in. You're not really grasping what's happening mm-hmm. and you're just there for the ride it's fucked up it's it's gory well not it's not even that gory there's parts that are gory but it's yeah. not like gore the, all over the, the place the end is really where yeah everything uh yeah. it's creepy it's creepy more than it's scary which i horror movies that are creepy over scary because scary i think like things popping out at you yeah. like jump scares but they do a good job at not overusing music or loud noises to to make you jump um and then the second time you watch it, everything gets kind of put together. It really rewards second viewership, and I I love movies that yeah, do that because it's it's hard to be as into a movie the second time mm-hmm. as you are the first time. Yeah, it's it's really good to see the second time. You get all the little details you didn't get the first time. You get to read between the lines and be like, oh, sh- mm-hmm. well, that's going down, and yeah. this is why because yeah. of that. And a thing that Ari Aster does really well, he. While not making situations comical, he makes moments in those situations comical. Like, after uh, the daughter dies, uh, getting beheaded, essentially, while it isn't 100% his fault, the brother is the reason that the the sister ends up dying. Not intentionally. Like, there's no legal issues. There's no moral issues. Uh, he swerves to avoid a dead deer in the road. It's an act, accidental fault. Yes, accidental fault. Not even neglect. It's just he was trying to avoid a car. She, her head was sticking out the window because she was, was deer, having... Deer carcass. De- deer carcass. And, you know, just terrible timing. The only pole for miles her head hits. Um, 
And so they start having this, this, uh, you know, there's tension, and then it all boils over in this one dinner. And Ari Aster does this so great where he has comical moments in not funny scenes where, I don't, I don't even know if this was intentional, but <laughs> Tony Collette says, you just look at me with that face on your face. And it's one of the funniest lines I've ever heard, but also... I don't know if it vibrated, it felt like it vibrated again. But very, yeah, uh, uh, that... That moment was it was hilarious. Every time you you don't expect it because she's just she's not like it's it's one of those moments like it's a normal situation. Like, yeah, you're not thinking when you're screaming at somebody and like she's just like stop looking at me with your the face on your face. Yeah, it's just like a normal person would do that if they were that that pissed off. Yeah, really. I've done it before. Not that exact quote, but just <laughs> not made sense when I'm yelling at somebody. Yeah, absolutely. And it, uh, it just made it all the more real. Yeah. This, this movie, I, I made this joke before, but it still baffles me. Uh, it was filmed in Utah. Utah, for the most part, is very conservative. They, uh, you know, large Mormon population. Uh, it's all about family values and stuff, which I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But this movie, being about like a satanic cult, uh, being as fucked up as it is, you mm -hmm. know, kids dying left and right, and uh, just the themes of this movie, I'm surprised that the Mormons... <laughs> let them film this movie in Utah. That's, and, I, th I think you said that before, and I was like, yeah. I think they just did it in secret. Yeah, they, they did <laughs> they it in secret. They filmed a nice family movie. They let them. And they when the Mormons, the Mormons looked around, uh, when the Mormons turned their back, they were just like, okay, bring out... The bring Mormons out the aren't looking, let's go. Yeah. But it's it was it was a really great movie. Um, uh, you know, because it's filmed in Utah, fantastic cinematography. Oh, absolutely. The, you know, the flat plains with the mountains, is it's great. <clears throat> and then... uh. A huge thing that I liked about this movie is most of the, uh, and for the horror movie genre, I'm a huge fan of uh, practical effects over digital effects. Me too. Yeah, so me too. they used, at least to the best of their extent, they used practical effects as much as they could mm -hmm. over the CGI's. Obviously, they had to do some stuff CGI, but yeah. like at least 90% of this movie was all practical effects, and it really showed, and it, like when they do practical effects, it just blows it out of the water mm -hmm. if you can do them well your movie's gonna be fantastic and that's what this movie was at least on, yeah. on the effects side I'm not saying it's good or anything <laughs> I'm just uh <laughs> what <laughs> going back to the cinematography uh Tony Collette's character is like a model builder, like a pretty well-renowned one, because she she has a you know newspaper clippings from her work. She's mm -hmm. got a show coming up, and she builds models of her house and like scenes. At one point, she she makes a model of the scene uh, of her daughter dying. And uh, the, one thing I noticed the second time around is the cinematography does a really good job at making everything look like it's part of the model. Mm -hmm. Kind of like there's there's a bigger force at play uh, mm -hmm. controlling them and everything they do, which added just another eeriness element to it. And it was just like a nice touch that I didn't notice the first time, but the second time around I, I it's, really it's, appreciate it's it. It's always that second going. It's that You're second going. Like, that detail. You didn't second see the going first details. Time. There was a, it was funny watching this. I, Caitlin watched it with me, first time she had seen it. Yeah. And her reaction to the end. The end is just filled with creepiness, like filled with things hiding in the shadows uh -huh. and, and people standing in uh, in corners and, and just, it's super creepy. And just watching that with Caitlin was really funny. She was just, <laughs> I, I, I promised her I would never show her, show anyone, but uh, I had, took a video of her and she's just like this <laughs> for like the last half hour. 
And, like, there's this one part where uh, Alex Wolf wakes up. It's, like, after Tony Collette finally breaks. She's possessed by the demon. And he, she's just chilling. And the... she's chilling in the corridor. And she goes, ah, oh, fuck! <laughs> And then, I, th and then, I thought uh, that scene was yeah. just astounding. And then in that, that same sequence, there's a, a naked guy in the cult who's just smiling, standing in a closet. Mm -hmm. It starts off really dark, so you can't really tell what it is. You just yeah. see something. And she, Caitlin just went, what is that? <laughs> what is that? So it was giving her like a, a panic attack kind of yeah. in a way. Uh, it was just really fun to watch. Kira's, Kira's not that bad with horror movies. She doesn't like them. unless Caitlin's only like that if we're at home. It's, and, if it's daytime and it's... Uh, She's not watching it by herself. She won't watch them by herself. Yeah. But if I'm there and it's not exactly nighttime, mm -hmm. she's down for it. And surprisingly, she wanted to see this. Like I didn't, I wasn't expecting her to want to see this. And she was just like, I kind of want to see that because we were gonna watch the Cinema Sins for it. And uh, she's like, No, I don't want to see that because I want to watch the movie. I'm like, What? <laughs> you know, this is a horror movie, yeah. right? She's like, Yeah, I want to see. It. I'm like, This is like, it's perfect because yeah. Mike wants to see it for our video. So. Or podcast, whatever it is. Video podcast. Vodcast. Okay. TM. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, she she enjoyed the movie a lot. Yeah. She thought a lot of things were predictable, which I was a little baffled about. I'm like, uh, predictable? Uh, well, like I the, could see the trailer did give away a lot, but also not that too much. Like the, um, uh, uh, the, the little girl's death. Um, she thought that was predictable because they were showing the telephone pole a lot, which I didn't notice. But uh, maybe he showed it could, once. Could, yeah, it's, she's like, well, they were really focused on that telephone pole. I, I didn't see it. But well, I mean, there's also uh, something I noticed the second time. Uh, the sh scene they do show it, there's like a little etching of the, the cult symbol that the mother has a necklace for in oh, the there? telephone pole. See, um, I got to watch it a third time. There's yeah. too many details that I got to see. Third time, yep. Yeah. Um, so she thought that was predictable. I think she said the ending was predictable too. Um, I mean, once you kind of oh, understand no, I think everything, the the ending where the the dad burns up. Yeah, that that, that was that part was predictable, especially because they showed that in the trailer. It's yeah. like, oh, there's only one person that. But they other than that, she up. really enjoyed it, which I was I was really surprised about. I was like, yeah, hmm, I think I love you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, if, if if a movie like that can impress a chick who doesn't like horror movies. Well, then, imagine us, yeah, who somewhat likes horror movies, if they're done well. Uh, yeah, I like really good horror movies. horror movies. I like good horror movies. I don't like... Uh... <clears throat> Not good horror movies? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, that's all I got to say about Hereditary. Yeah, pretty much. It's, it's a really well-done film. Um, definitely watch it a few times, because there's so many details and juices. Yeah, it's definitely... I mean, I'm not saying it's good or anything. We didn't get to the rating system. <laughs> <laughs> what? She had private rituals, private friends. Who's going to take care of me? You don't think I'm going to take care of you? But when you die... She wasn't altogether there. At the end.
I just don't want to put any more stress on my family. Let's move on to a simple plan. Look at all them birds. Those things are always waiting on something to die so they can eat it, right? What a weird job. That's an airplane. I wonder how long it's been here. It's probably one of those drunk doctors, you know, they're always crashing their plane, you know? Oh my God, look at this. Those are hundred dollar bills. I bet it's drug money. You know what? If this guy's a dope dealer, we're just like Robin Hood. <laughs> it's a police matter now. What do you think we should do? What if we didn't turn it in? It's stealing. It's the American dream and a gym bag. He just wants to walk away from it. You work for the American dream. You don't steal it. Then this is even better. <laughs> million dollars. Look how square it is. So if somebody comes searching for the money, I'll burn it. Look, we gotta be agreed on this. Would you have done the same thing? I mean, if you'd been there instead of me? A Simple Plan, directed by Sam Raimi, stars Bill Paxton, Bridget Fonda, Bill... Bill Bob Thornton. <laughs> Billy Bob Thornton. And uh, Brent Briscoe. And uh, the synopsis here is, when three blue-collar acquaintances uh, come across millions of dollars in lost cash, they make a plan to keep their find from the authorities, but find complications in mistrust weaving in its way into their plan. In its way into their plan? Weaving its way into their That's plan. That's what I thought. I'm just stupid. <laughs> For what I will say about this movie, I did, I didn't enjoy it. But it mainly felt like a regular movie up until about the half hour hour mark. Yeah, that's where it started to get interesting. But other than that, I felt, I felt it just felt like an average movie. It felt yeah. like that nineties kick. Nineties kick. It, 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 uh, you know, Sam Raimi has this really distinct style. Um, even in non horror movies, mm -hmm. he kind of has like a horror kind of style to it. And it really felt like uh, this was kind of like a, a Stephen King. 90s movie like Green Mile, Shawshank. Not that Stephen King had anything to do with this movie, yeah. but it did have that feel of, uh, for lack of a better word, safe drama. Yeah. Um, which I, I mean, I'm I'm fine with. I I sometimes would prefer that over Sam Raimi's crazy style, mm -hmm. and I think it works for this movie. Um, I, I really, the whole thing is just super 90s from the beginning. Absolutely. Uh, in, in the beginning, you, you have the uh, the the big landscapes. Of Minnesota, and then uh, with a really, really super weird Danny Elfman score, yep. uh, which fits. <coughs> but it, it's definitely like as soon as I heard the music, I was like, "Oh, Danny Elfman like, did this." Thirty seconds are. later, music by Danny Elfman. I was like, "Boom, got it." Here we are in the '90s. Here we are in the '90s, even though it was '99. Granted, '99. '99. Clutching it, saying, "We're still here, brother. We're not reaching <laughs> that 2,000 mark." But uh, yeah, I, I really it, this movie is kind of. I don't want to say unpredictable because it is predictable, but it it's predictable in a different way. Where like, it's they, it's predictable in the small ways. Yeah, like they they find the money, mm -hmm. they have this uh, confusion or not this confusion this this argument. They're like, oh, we got to keep the money. Uh, Billy Bob Thornton and Brent Briscoe are both like, we got to keep the money. And Bill Paxton says, no, I, we can't keep the money. Mm -hmm. It's illegal. It's stealing. Yeah. Uh, what if someone comes looking for us? Uh, and then Billy Bob Thornton and Brent Briscoe kind of just 
persuade him and they come to an agreement where they'll keep it only if Bill Paxton holds on to it and he burns it if there's any sort of heat on them. Yeah, if there's any sort um, of suspicion that they're the ones yeah. who had the money. So you think, at least I thought, like, oh, either Bailey Bob Thornton or Brett Briscoe is going to go blab in their mouth and they're going to start getting, mm-hmm. you know, heat on them and it's going to create this conflict. And uh, surprisingly enough, it was Bill Paxton yeah, cause uh, that went blab in his mouth. Cause Bill Paxton, he's he's that he's that college guy. He had the higher education, and meanwhile, Billy Bob Thornton, he's he's not exactly special needs, but he's kind of a like a slower individual. Yeah, and his best friend is, you know, kind of on the same page, but yeah. he's not slower. He's just very immature. Yeah, and just not not a smart dude. Kind of an alcoholic. So you would, you would expect Billy Bob Thornton or uh, Brent Briscoe. Uh, yeah, Briscoe, to to be blabbing their mouth, and the first thing Bill Paxton does when he gets home to his wife, he's like, "Honey, we don't have to do shit forever," <laughs> which doesn't make sense. Cause yeah. Eventually, you got to do shit forever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, you, this you're expecting this guy on the higher pedestal to really hold his mm-hmm. his key, his shit together, and meanwhile, he's sitting there blabbing his own, yeah. his gums. And this this movie really has like. Two pretty big arcs one, uh, with Bill mm-hmm. Paxton and Billy Bob Thornton's character, uh, both on opposite sides in the beginning, where Bill Paxton doesn't want the money and, and Billy Bob Thornton wants mm-hmm. it and says he'll like do anything to keep it. And then at the end of the movie, it's completely switched. Well, Bill Paxton is willing to kill for the money, and he has killed for the money. Mm-hmm. And then Billy Bob Thornton just has this immense sense of guilt wash over him, oh, yeah. and uh, you know s- regrets everything he's done. Starts, you know becoming suicidal slightly and actually does ask Bill Paxton to kill him in the end and and uh which I thought that that part was a little cheesy. Yeah, it was I mean but, you you understood it like yeah. because they they do set it up for like the whole movie but it was it was quite the cheese. Yes. It was a, a little bit of gouda. <laughs> little bit of little gouda. Bit of gouda. <laughs> um, I like that. I will say this about um uh Billy Bob's character uh in fact, it it was literally the reason why he was hired for this was be, it it just you could tell because he was hired pretty much right off of Sling Blade, yeah. So, so they, which that, he's really great in that. Yeah, too. he's fantastic in that. But you could tell that's exactly why he was hired for this. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, he played that special needs dude really well. Yeah, let's get him to play another special needs dude well, really well. I I thought when you told me we we're gonna watch a simple plan, uh, I I I recognized it from the poster. And I thought, because of the poster, Billy Bob Thornton looks almost exactly like Tony Danza. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that Tony Danza was in it, and then you didn't say his name. I was like, he's on the poster. Why wouldn't you say Tony Danza's name? It's a and it was, biography, by the it was way. Just, it was just Billy Bob Thornton. And I could be uh, misremembering, which is a very Southern thing to say. I could be uh, misremembering. I could be forgetting what D- Tony Danza looks like, but I could have sworn it was Tony Danza. It's like, like Billy Bob Thornton with a wig on. Yeah, That's exactly. Yeah, what it exactly. Is. Um, <laughs> but Billy Bob Thornton kills this movie. He's mm-hmm. fantastic. He actually earned an Oscar nomination for it. Dang. Uh, yeah. Um, he lost out. Was it ninety nine? Was it to Sling Blade? It was not to Sling Blade. <laughs> to himself. Uh, he lost to Stand By. Okay, yeah, he lost to James Coburn for Affliction, which I'd never heard of. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe they messed up, especially because Ed Harris and The Truman Show, that could have won too. Um, or Jeffrey Rush and Shakespeare in Love. But, uh, you know, I, I his performance in this was really good. It was. I, I thought it was one of the best parts of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the, the two arcs 
interchanging between Bill Paxton and Billy Bob Thornton yeah. was uh, really compelling and, and uh, you know, kept me engaged. And also, Bridget Fonda's in this. She's pretty much the entire reason shit goes down. Um, yeah, it's, it's funny because her, she was on that higher pedestal with the money thing because Bill Paxton is asking her a bunch of things like, hey, if you found $4 million, what would you do with it? And yeah. She's like, oh, well, I'd... Give it to the police, yeah. and then and, and it, it he starts just dumps back with, the bag of money. Yeah. He's and she's just like, "Wow, we got this fucking money!" <laughs> well, it, it's it's a really quick montage. It starts with her saying, "You got to return this." Then it's like, "Well, if we did keep it," and then she says, "Well, this is what we're gonna do." You need to kill that man. You need to take five hundred thousand back to the airplane. Mm-hmm. So if they, she 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 becomes the mastermind. Yeah, she becomes the mastermind of it uh, for better or for worse. For worse, um, and really just kind of I don't want to say manipulates Bill Paxton because he's kind of agreeing with her on everything but like because of her you you can tell he's doing it because of what she's saying yeah yeah and it's not it's not like a it's more of a uh, Bill Paxton's not as smart as they make him look it's a conjoined effort yeah but he's he's mainly doing it. He's like, you're right, honey. Yeah. We should do that. Exactly. And and stuff like that. I forget uh, who was actually going to be in this movie. I think one of them was Brad Pitt. I can't remember the other one, though. Uh, they act, Yeah, they had casted uh, Brad Pitt and somebody else to be in this movie, but I think there was scheduling conflicts. I think it was that couple, too. Can you imagine that movie? That'd be a little... Yeah, it's weird because like when things like that happen, I can't imagine anyone else. Uh, ben Stiller was set to direct it uh, with Nicolas Cage and Bill Paxton's role, um, but uh, the that that would have been really yeah. weird. Uh, Nicolas Cage's uh, salary kind of affected the budget. So um, then there was uh, Emma Thompson was comp- considered for the part that Bridget Fonda ultimately got, and. Uh, Mike Nichols was set to direct it, and then eventually, Sam Raimi came on. Yeah, and it was a whole thing. But uh, yeah, that's. It really makes you think, cause I can't think of this movie with anyone other than Bill Paxton, Bridget Fonda, mm-hmm. uh, Billy Bob Thornton, and stuff. And that's kind of stuff happens all the time, where, for better or for worse, the right actor gets the job. Yeah. Uh, like Nicholas Cage and Bill Paxton's role, that would have been super weird. Yeah. Ben Stiller as the director, that probably would have been super weird. And I love Ben Stiller as a director, but he, he is a comedic director. I don't think he could take a, a serious movie like this. Well, it's, it's weird to say that, and then they got Sam Raimi directing it, and then here we are talking he, about Yeah, it. he's he's <laughs> always had, like, he's been diverse enough where he can do serious when it needs to happen, and he yeah. can do comedy when it needs to happen, and he can combine them when it needs to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I... We kind of talked about it a little bit, but like uh, I only was really getting interested in this movie when the trio kind of started uh, conflicting on another one on another. Yeah, when um, the conflict starts, which happens about at the halfway point, uh, or conspiring. Yeah, it's, it's conspiring. Uh, pretty much when Brent Briscoe's character comes in the middle of the night to get money from Bill Paxton, mm-hmm. even though they agreed not to touch it for a few months. That's when it started getting really interesting. You knew there was going to be conflict. You knew that they're they're going to have this this uh, conflict of of who's in charge here. Uh, you know, Brent Briscoe holds things over Bill Paxton's head, holds the death of a farmer over his head, which he did kill the farmer. So yeah, uh, makes sense. But then because with that amount of money, good luck. 
Yeah, trusting anybody or anything. You see a tree move, I trust you. I'd flinch. <laughs> I'd flinch. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it definitely started getting interesting at that point, and kind of kind of had you more or less grabbed, even though. Obviously, you kind of saw the betrayals coming mm-hmm. in the movie, but uh, again, with that amount of movie, there's going to be betrayals. Or, what? Did I say that amount of movie? That amount of movie, there's going to be betrayals. Did, with that amount of money, there's definitely going to be betrayals. Yes. You can't and that amount anybody. of movie. And then that amount of movie. Um, yeah. yeah. Did I just do an Aquaman yeah? Yeah. 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 <laughs> This is the, the goofy, the goofy. <laughs> um, I did enjoy this movie like enough to where, uh, like as usual, I didn't write down that many notes. Yeah, because it was a good movie, but you weren't like, holy. Yeah, holy if, damn. If there is a minimal amount of notes, it means you enjoyed it, uh, but there wasn't enough good or uh, good to talk about it. There wasn't enough bad to talk about it. It was just um, enjoyable. Yes, but uh, you know, it, it it surprised me. Mm-hmm. I was. Pleasantly surprised. <laughs> <laughs> I was enjoyed. Um, I was pleasantly enjoyed. Uh, and, you know, the the thing that probably... It kind of just ends at some point. Um, it really does. You know, they have this standoff with uh, this robber. They find out that the money is from kidnappers, and one of the kidnappers comes to the town acting like he's a uh, FBI agent and then leads them to the plane and kills the cop and all that. And then the, you know... The, uh, the the robber dies. Billy uh, Bill Paxton kills Billy Bob Thornton out of his request because mm-hmm. he can't live with the guilt anymore. And then you find out that one in ten of the bills has been uh, has been marked. Basically. N- not, not not marked, marked but, but they it, take down the serial number yeah. so if it comes up. And uh, then it just ends. He burns mm-hmm. the money and it's done. And in a way, it works because it's like all oh, that was for nothing. It works because like, how else are you gonna end it? Yeah, you burn the money. Yeah, it's, it's either it's go. either gonna end with uh, them burning the money. Yeah, Bill Paxton dying, which didn't happen, or it's gonna uh, end with um, you know, a happy ending where they move away, become rich, and live happily ever after. And I'm glad mm-hmm. it didn't do that, but it does just end for better or for worse. I keep saying that too. Well, it, it just it just ends. Yeah, <laughs> and it, uh, probably it probably would have been a little bit better if they put a. Uh, Billy Bob Thornton's character, you know, in the ground or something next to their their mother or their father. Is it their? I assume it's. Their I think father. it was both. Uh, they talked about their father who committed suicide. Yeah, it probably um, would have been better because they they did in the beginning of the movie visit the. Uh, yeah, the there's graveyard. there's no closure for Billy Bob Thornton, which is ultimately the thing that bothered me the most. Yeah, so there's no closure for him. Um, he just gets shot in the head, and then. Yeah, and the poor dog. Well, nothing happens to the dog, but like, the dog's there when they kill Billy Bob Thornton. He just runs away. Mm-hmm. I, I did really like the uh, Mark Bills uh, thing. Because yeah. You think he's going to get away with it. Yeah, you think like, they're like, oh, now they got all this money. In fact, yeah. they did it all for nothing. Yeah. And that was probably my favorite part of the movie was mm-hmm. that because they did all this. They killed people and they did all this. It makes you think greedy bastards are greedy and they ain't getting shit no more. That's my favorite part of the lesson here. Yes. yes. Greedy bastards ain't get shit. <laughs> greedy bastards. Ain't getting shit. I mean, it's saying that accent. I apologize. <laughs> but you ain't getting but, shit. Uh, yeah, that, I got nothing else to say about. What about you? Oh, that's it. That's, that's it. it. That's All right. Man from the FBI is gonna be driving through. Seems they're looking for a lost plane. I want my share. Plan was to sit on the money oh, till we on, decide man. that it's on, safe to keep. It's like there's two sides now. We're all in this together, man. You had to pick right now. Who'd it be? 
Fuck you, you're my brother. From now on, we have to be thinking ahead all the time. To someone who's been properly trained, there are many ways to detect a liar. You're just a normal guy, a nice, sweet, normal guy. They're gonna know! No, they won't! You think you can take us out there? Can you tell us what this is all about? Looking for a plane? I'm taking the money back right now! You gotta get out of there. Everything okay? He's gonna shoot all three of you as soon as he sees the plane. Don't move! We gotta make this look like it was an accident. They're not gonna take me away, are they? We're the ones who need that money! He just wants it! Put the gun down! Shake ya! Well, I'm trying to come up with a plan. Don't turn your back! Well, it has come to the time where we talk about whether or not these movies belong on the shelf. Okay, we have shelf. Hereditary and a Simple Plan. Yeah. Will one go? Will two go? Will zero go? That's the real question. Glenn, would you put Hereditary on the KFR shelf? From now on, when we do this, whoever picked the movie has to go first. So I'll, has be, to doing, go first? I'll be going first for Simple Plan. Okay, so I will first. go first for Hereditary. This uh, was one of my movies, favorite movies of 2018. It's probably in my top 100 of all time. Uh, I have no quarrels with it. Honestly, the thing that the things that bugged me about it the first time did not bug me about it the second time. Yes. So I'd say absolutely 100% this goes on the shelf. We're going to have to get a bigger shelf because we're putting that on there, mother. Mother. Mom. Mom. <laughs> putting that on there, Mom. Uh, so Hereditary goes on the shelf. Hereditary uh, goes on the shelf. Along it's with many other movies well, we have so far. Well deserving mm -hmm. of being on the shelf, in my oh, opinion. Yes. Probably one of the best directorial debuts I've ever seen. Absolutely. Yes. So there's that. And now we move on to A Simple Plan, which is my pick. And what do I have to say about this shelf being so dusty? Clean it off, because we're not putting it on. I just want that uh, I just want that shelf nice and clean. I'm allergic to dust, so you're you think, just thinking of me. I'm not putting Simple Plan you know, on. I thought it was a good movie. Again, it was enjoyable, but I didn't think it was over the top. Oh, I need to put this on the shelf and show people. Uh, the movie the movie itself was good uh, and, and regular, but I thought uh, a, a few little plot twists aren't going to hold me back from nope. saying no. Uh, well, I'm kind of glad you said that because I didn't really want it on the shelf. Yeah. But with how surprised I was at how good it was, mm -hmm. I was going to say yes no matter what you said. So I, I would I would say yes. Of course, it doesn't matter because it has to be unanimous. But it really surprised me how good it was. I was not expecting it. And movies that surprise me are always worthy of talking about, in my opinion. No. So, I was going to say yes, doesn't matter. So, Hereditary makes it on. A simple plan does not. How this, could this, this is, happen this is, to me? This is why I like talking about... I've made my mistakes. The, this is why I like me choosing before you for my movie. That way you can be like, oh, well, you're just an asshole. So, I'm putting... <laughs> I'm not saying that. <laughs> and then, like, if you say no for your movie, well, I'm like, well, you're an asshole, yeah. so I'm picking yes. Uh, but, yeah, it's... Uh, that's the way the cookie that is, crumbles. That it is. Hereditary makes the shelf. Simple plan is it not. But we got movies for next week. We do. What is your movie for next week? Uh, I don't have a uh, a little IMDb phone right now, but my uh, my movie is called A Private Life, and it's got uh, Paul Giamatti in it. Paul Giamatti. I don't Giamatti. know who else is in it because I don't have my my hand phone in my hand. A Private Life. Um, and that is on Netflix. I know we said we were going to try to stray away from that, but that's a nay. Catherine Hahn, directed by Tamara Jenkins. Those are the uh, Catherine Hahn, Paul Giamatti, directed by 
Tamara Jenkins, an author, Han, is undergoing multiple uh, fertility therapies to get pregnant, putting her relationship with her husband, Paul Giamatti, on edge. Well, looks like we're going to be sad next week. We're going to be sad. We're be a little sad boys. But, uh, yeah, that's, uh, I'm, I'm interested in seeing that. Okay. Always love Paul Giamatti. Mine is The Land of Steady Habits, also available on Netflix. It is directed by Nicole Hall of Center. We got two female directors Look at this that. week. Look at we're that. We're making moves here. We're making KFR. moves. We're you know, women, you're welcome. We're doing so much for you. I'm sorry. No. Oh. This, this is actually really great. I, I really... Like it, like when we're branching out uh, not, from the the, the, the male tra treyarch, patriarch, patriarch, the male. I'm still learning. Uh, but words yeah, we here. got two two uh, two female directors. Uh, it stars Ben Mendelsohn and uh, Connie Brighton and uh, Thomas Mann, and uh, it is about. After leaving his wife and his job to find happiness, Anders befriends a drug-addicted teen, sending him down a path of reckless and shameful behavior. Ooh, Whoa. we're going to be really sad. Whoa. It's going to be so well, sad. Well, I'll bring a tissue box for myself because I ain't coming back. <laughs> I ain't coming yeah, back so this Pennsylvania life. Next week's movies are, I forget yours already. Private Life. Private Life and The Land of Steady Habits. Uh, we will be taking a kind of hiatus. We're going to have a, a, a slightly different episode in the next two weeks. I'm filming my movie over the next two weeks and also going to Atlanta to uh, film a music video. So we're not going to have a normal episode probably until February. Yeah. But we will have a special episode sometime for y'all. So until then, you can follow us on Instagram, Keystone underscore film underscore review. On Letterboxd, I am Mike KFR. And I am Glenn KFR. And that'll do it for this week. Goodbye, everybody. Adios.